There's several scriptures I want to share with you. I want you to go ahead and turn to 1 John. We're just going to camp out there today. While you're turning to 1 John, just going to one verse there, chapter 5. Our world is in trouble. Our country is in trouble. It doesn't really matter what level you feel like you are in the kingdom of God. Or if you're just peering in, asking questions, you would have to say, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of hatred. There's a lot of division. A lot of strife, controversy. In the book of Revelation, we know that there's still coming a time to the earth known as Jacob's trouble. A seven-year period of time, like in the world's never known. Daniel in the Old Testament saw visions, revelation of it, and then John the Revelator in the New Testament, these two witnesses. But Jesus himself said in those days, known as Jacob's trouble, that the world has never known, nor never will again, the heartache as those days. We're not in those days yet, but don't we feel like it's getting closer and closer. When we look around, even in baptism today, some were making comment of just look around at what's going on. We're so offended, so easily offended. People just into each other's face immediately, having very little patience with one another. There's something stirring. Well, back to Revelation it tells us about four horsemen. One is a white horse known as an individual who will come into the world seen as a tremendous leader that will bring peace to the earth. But there's a second horse that I'll reference for just a moment known as the red horse. And it will bring with it war. We know death, disease, follow. But this red horse, if I have the privilege of not abusing Scripture, but just to give a feeling, those of you that are equestrian or know much about the equestrian world, you know, you don't just take a stallion and put it in a stall and say, you just stay there to the one event. That horse has to have its time of getting out and being trained and keeping loose. This red horse, in my opinion is trotting around now, getting ready for its grand tour. This hatred is unprecedented that we sense. You sense it in your families. You sense it with coworkers. We get nervous if we don't know somebody very well to get in any kind of conversation because we don't know if, if we'll say the wrong thing, use the wording the wrong way, and immediately get blistered because we, we said something offensive, which wasn't our intention. And it's just calling us to retreat, to withdraw, and not getting involved with people. How do we make sense of all this? Well, 1 John chapter 5, verse 19, this one verse says a lot. When he says, we know, talking to us, believers, we know that we are from God, and the whole 
world lies in the power of the evil one. That's a lot of statement in one verse. We know we're from God. It's almost like he transitions to a total different subject. We know we're from God. We know we believe in God. We know we believe in Jesus. And yet the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. Why is that blended together in one sentence structure? Because it's what we're facing all the time. This thing of becoming a Christian, being a Christ follower, isn't necessarily always easy, is it? And then we talk about how, how, can, how can there be so much hate? What gets somebody to that level? What causes people to have such prejudice and bigotry, such hatred? Not to mention mutilation of bodies, killing of individuals, no matter what age. What, what gets a person there? We, we see again, John's telling us, the whole world lies in the power not just a symbolic thing, the power of the evil one. As believers, we understand that Satan is powerful. We're quick to let everybody know we believe that God is all-powerful. But can we take just a moment to face the reality is there is an enemy, and this enemy is powerful. Sticking your head in the sand doesn't help you at all. You've got to know how to fight the good fight of faith. That's why the scripture tells us in multiple ways, but one is that we must put on the armor of God and make sure we put it all on. That doesn't mean that every day is going to be the same. It doesn't mean that this afternoon you're afraid to get out of your house, but those days will happen and can happen at any time. Again, we got to make sense of all this. We know that we are from God, but the whole world lies in the power of of the evil one, this willful rebellion against God. There's individuals, and this is where scriptures teach us correctly, there are individuals that we face in this life that hate us. Can I have a witness in the house? They hate the position that you take. And many have already found out being a Christian, again, causes others to hate you. And you're like, you don't, why would they do that? I haven't done anything to wrong that person. So we come back to understand this willful rebellion against God and his rule. We don't want God. The world systems that the scriptures talk about are independent of God's rule. So yes, they exist. So I want us to look a little closer that Jesus also didn't back off from sharing the same thing that John said, you'll find in John 12, 31, that now judgment has come to the world, and now its ruler, this is the words of Jesus, now its ruler, Satan, will be cast out. Jesus himself not only was tempted by Satan in the wilderness, but he's letting us know as well that he's giving a title, one of the many titles that Satan has the ruler of this world. Again, you're quiet in the house. Paul put it this way, 1 Corinthians 4 and 4, the God of this world, and goes on and talks about the power 
that this God has to blind and to deceive. If there's anything at all that Scripture teaches us as believers living in the last days, it's about this thing called deception. That it can happen to any of us at any time if our guard is down. That is why we are to renew our mind constantly. This is why staying in God's Word and letting it feed us and being led of the Spirit of God is imperative for us. So again, here, Scripture's bearing out that this world is ruled by the power of Satan. Jesus himself identifies Satan as that ruler, and Paul is echoing as well and actually uses the expression and the word God, lowercase g, but still a God. And when you hear that word God, what do you think of? There will be those who will reverence a God, who will worship a God, who will give attention and affection to a God. So again, all these things reminding us of what we're really dealing with. We've got to make sense of this thing. If I ask for a raise of hands, many would say, you know, there's just a lot of days I just want to stay home. I didn't mind COVID. I didn't mind being sequestered because people are mean. There's a lot of hate. Sometimes it's over skin color, something like that. Sometimes it's over a position. Sometimes it's over a promotion. Just on and on and on and on and on. It's just like, I I don't want to deal with this anymore. I, I know this will come as a shock to you, but I've actually had people talk to me, a pastor. Can you believe this now? And say, I don't ever want to go back to church. I don't trust people anymore. Oh, it's quiet. And so we see the work of the enemy causing us to retreat, to cocoon. And yet we're commissioned to go into all the world and tell the good news. But if we're cocooning, how can we share the good news? So we come back to realize I've got to have something in me that's greater than this thing I'm up against. And the scriptures bear that out, that greater is he that is in me. The spirit of God that is in me is greater than any enemy I'll come against. But you know my style. I'm going to be frank. I'm going to be real. I'm going to keep it honest. That doesn't mean every day is going to be easy. And that doesn't mean people won't walk away from you. Doesn't mean that people won't be offended by your position and just say, We can't have fellowship anymore. At times it gets to be tough. How many has ever had your heart broken? Over religious things, spiritual things. People who once would have called themselves your brother or sister who no longer want anything to do with you. So we have to understand our times. Understand again how powerful even this one scripture is that we know we are from God. We know that. You have to be secure in that. How many likes fighting a battle by yourself? Oh, no takers? And this is exactly how the enemy works. Remember, Satan is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may come up and coddle. And play with. No, that's not what it says. 
He's seeking who he may devour. And so we, we, we understand the animal world, that lion, that roar of that lion is so paralyzing that when he is coming after or she, that lion is coming after lunch. There could be four or five choices there on the smorgasbord, but that lion has learned my roar is absolutely paralyzing. If he can cause but one of those deer, gazelle, whatever, to stop, to panic, he said, now I know what lunch is going to be today. It's the same thing with us. Satan is as a lion, seeking whom he may devour. And with that roar, we understand from those that have studied these animals that, 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 that it's almost like surround sound as it's roaring to where the reason that the animal stops running is I can't tell which way the roar is coming from, which causes now the animal to be easy prey. Sound familiar? When Satan comes roaring against us, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It seems like he's coming at me at every angle. Uh, this happened at work, and this happened in my family, and I'm doubting in myself, and, and, I, and I don't know. I'm battling this thing I've never battled, or it's come back, or, and we just find ourselves, if we're not careful, in position to be devoured. Pastor, we don't like you teaching, preaching like this. We like it when it's all that shout and happy stuff. But this is the world we live in. The whole world lies in the power of the evil one. And so the scriptures go on. I want you to turn with me to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15 through 17. Tells us what not to do. Do not love the world or the things of this world. If anyone loves the world... The love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh, the desire of the eyes, the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Jesus, again, teaching us, you can't serve two masters. It's just impossible. You're going to lean to one or the other. We find at times we're trying to be politically correct in a situation. We're trying to keep both parties happy. But you see, the bottom line is Jesus is exactly right once again. I can't serve two masters. So he's teaching us as we're trying to make sense of all this what not to do. Don't love the world or its things. But they're so enticing. They're so alluring. We want to be popular with people and so I might have to do this or they want me to do that and I don't really want to but the pressure is great again we got to keep this thing honest I talked with a father just yesterday who has young children various ages and he said pastor it's getting harder and harder these kids again for those of you 40 and older just wave your hand would you really want to be a teenager today? But don't hold back. Now tell me how you really feel. How many of you would like to be a child in elementary school? There it is. 
and yet the pressure. Uh, but I've got friends now, and they do this, or they don't believe in Jesus, and or they, I, I seem to be all alone. It's hard to be alone. This is, again, this is why Scripture bears out. You can't serve two masters. He went on and said, these are the things. He grouped them together for us. The lust of the flesh. The appetite of the flesh. How many knows that's powerful stuff? This flesh demands. And it wants what it wants, when it wants it, where it wants it, and as many times as it wants it. And it wars against us. How many in this house, no raise of hands, would say, there are those things, those vices in my life, those addictions that's attached to the flesh that keep pulling me down. I, I say I'm never going to do it again, but that flesh just needs that attachment again. Well, I'll just do it one more time. And the flesh seemingly saying, yeah, that's all I'm asking of you. But it keeps asking and asking and asking. The appetite of the flesh, this allurement to the flesh. How many knows our society has turned so pagan? Impure, immodest, and we celebrate it. The lust of the eyes, oh my, <laughs> What the eye sees, that coveting. The best description I've ever heard of covetousness is this, wanting more of what you already have too much of. But if I have a little bit more, I'll be happier. If I get a little bit more, other people will like me. If I have a little more, and it just never stops. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, that attachment, of course, but then that pride of life. Wow. That's the kicker, isn't it? That pride of life, that self-sufficiency. That's, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be my own answer. I'll figure it out. I'll do it. I don't need any help. People have failed me. I'll do it myself. And it finally comes to that place where it cannot or it's not willing to acknowledge the final authority of God in our life. These that have been baptized today are making a public profession. The old life's gone away. New life has come forth. I no longer own myself. The life I now live, I live in the flesh according to his will. I'm his. But again, the battle rages because we're in this world and the evil one has power. Not accepting the final authority. I wonder, is anybody else here like me that you do real good, and you're just like, okay, Lord, I surrender all. I surrender all. I surrender this. I surrender this. Ooh, I'll skip that one. I'll surrender this. You didn't see that one, did you? <laughs> That's not that bad, really. Oh, it's a battle. See, I don't know how else preaching can be than just honest. It's not easy serving the Lord with gladness. It's not easy walking a straight and narrow. Hey, if there is this line going somewhere that's just wide and broad and just throngs of people going, and over here is just a few people going down this little path, which one are you going to choose? Well, this has got to be right. Everybody else is doing it. They all look happy to me. 
How could all those people be wrong? And yet Jesus says, straight is the gate and narrow is the way to everlasting life. And few there be to find it. But Jesus, we need to take you back to school and teach you how to preach. Because that's not real popular preaching. And yet we're talking about eternal life. So what do we do? One more time, 1 John chapter 5. Verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments... Get ready for it. They're not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So again, the question today is, are you overcome? Or are you an overcomer? Life can be daunting. And it will overwhelm you. And at times you feel overcome. It's a question mark. But John realizes this truth and comes back with an exclamation mark. And it comes down to learning how to love. To love God. And love his people. And to love people, period. Jesus, are you the one that taught us to even love our enemies? How many's found out that that's hard to do? In the heat of battle, it's hard to remember to get that right. Man, we want to just tell them off. We want to give them peace of our fist if we can. And then we get away from, oh, I should have done this. Okay, I'll pray about it. No, we got to get better at this. Our opportunity's right before us. There's a world bent on hate. Because, again, the whole world is under the power of the evil one. But we know who we are. Would you repeat that with me? I know who I am. Isn't that a great confession? I can do all things through Christ. He's the one who strengthens me. I want to serve you, Lord, with gladness. I want to be your servant. Use these hands. Use these feet. Use these lips, Lord. Jesus, what do you want done here today? Do you need someone who will just stand strong and remain silent? How many's found that it's hard to be silent sometimes? Come on, admit it. This is the victory. Wow, what a word. This is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. Would you stand with me?